1: fans out there. This is Betty Joe Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here of course. But If you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because we'll be talking about how Marilyn Monroe, who started out as Norma Jean Baker, became an icon of the 20th century. Our special guest is award-winning author and psychoanalyst, Dr. Alma Bond, who has agreed to discuss Marilyn Monroe on the Couch, her fascinating fictionalized biography of the great but troubled film star you know folks i just finished reading this terrific book and i can't stop thinking about it i now feel like i know more about maryland than about anyone else in the world and i love the inside information dr bond includes about hollywood so dear listeners if you're a movie addict like i am or a fan of Marilyn Monroe, the f- oh, just be sure to order a copy of this book, and it comes um, in ebook form. I got mine through Kindle, and, and can be obtained at Amazon.com in either format, the paperback or the ebook. Now the format of the book, as it's written, is quite unique. It's Marilyn telling her life story to her psychoanalyst. And Dr. Bond is the perfect author for this revealing type of storytelling. After receiving her Ph.D. from Columbia University, she became a highly successful psychoanalyst for over 30 years in New York City. She retired to become a full-time writer, and I'm certainly glad she did because she is a great writer, and has written several books as well as a play about opera star Maria Callas, which was produced off-Broadway. We're very honored that she's with us today, and also that, pleased that film historian James Cold Harrison, an avid Marilyn Monroe fan, is here to co-host. Let's bring them both on now. Ladies first, as usual, welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters, Dr. Bond, and congratulations on your riveting book. Thank you so much for having me. And I must tell you that your enthusiasm extends
2: even to me. It makes me want to read my book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, read, definitely. Well, it's so great to have you as our guest, and and having James here is icing on the cake. James, thanks for agreeing to co-host again. I I hear you just came uh, back in the nick of time from San Francisco. Am I right about that? I I did. I got back uh, last night uh, just for your show. Of course, I love doing Yay. the show, and I will do anything about Marilyn Monroe. Uh yes, I I know uh, that you're a that you're a Marilyn Monroe fan, and and it's always fun to to have you with us, James. That's why I thought you would enjoy being being here to help us interview Dr. Bond about her Marilyn Monroe book. We, we have a lot of questions for her, but first I wanted to mention that the chat room is open. Um, our producer, Nikki Starr, can't be with us today, but the chat room is open, so please feel free to uh, sign up, listeners, and um, share your reactions uh, about Marilyn Monroe and uh, any questions that you might have for Dr. Uh, Bond. We really appreciate the people who sign up for the chat, as well as all our other listeners. And So now that we're all present and accounted for, let's get back to our topic. James, why don't you start the ball rolling, and I'll try not to interrupt you at least for a few minutes.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. You can interrupt me.
1: Oh, thank uh, you. Dr. Bond, I,
3: I wanted to uh, know, why, why did you choose Marilyn Monroe to write about? Uh, you know, so many things have been written about her, and I wondered why you decided to.
2: Well, uh, I, I'll have to confess that I write only about people I fall in love with. <laughs> and uh, she, she has long been an idol of mine. I think she was absolutely gorgeous, of course. And I also think that she was, uh, which many people don't know. I think she was a great actress, and I think if she had lived longer, uh, the world would have found out. I think she would have been a great lady like right? I think she would have played all the Shakespearean heroines, and because I I, I think she was a genius, and I, the, the reason that this is not well known is that she didn't act; she just was. What you saw was what you you got. Was what you saw that she didn't put on anything. This was also part of her illness that she was open deep down into unconsciousness. uh, Most of us, I guess, fortunately aren't. And she just was and knew and saw things about herself that, that the rest of the world doesn't know
3: hmm. yes does that answer your question yes yes uh, very positive about marilyn and i'm glad that you said she was a great actress because i always felt she was as, uh, as well yeah you're
2: absolutely uh, right yeah. uh, lee strasberg said that uh next to marla miranda she was the greatest genius uh in the theater.
3: Oh yeah, she was certainly a bright light. However, I have oh. to argue with you. I think I fell in love with her before you did. I was sixteen. Long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, you and me both. <laughs>
1: well, well, I, I had said I wasn't gonna interrupt but I I can't live up to that because Okay, I, that's okay. I still oh my goodness. I, I always thought that that she was uh, special. And uh, uh Dr. Bond uh, you have to have James tell you, it's too modest to do this, but uh, how, he, how he, where he first saw Marilyn Monroe in, in person, because this is kind mm. of an interest, interesting story. So, yes, so go ahead, James.
3: Well, uh, I, I actually was 19 when I met Marilyn Monroe, and I was on an assignment from uh, a magazine that I was doing up at the University of California in Berkeley, it was a campus magazine, and I was on assignment. And Marilyn Monroe was here in San Diego filming Some Like It Hot. Uh-huh. So I, I spent an entire week on the set with uh, Jack Lemmon and uh, Tony Curtis and Marilyn. Oh, my, aren't you lucky. I was extremely lucky. Like, it was like the highlight of my career, so-called career. And I, I managed to get Marilyn alone a couple of times to talk to her, and she was just the sweetest, most adorable thing, and she <laughs> she said one thing to me, which I think she also said uh, in print, uh, and that was that it was her fans who made her a star, not 20th Century Fox, but it was her fans, and she adored her fans, always, uh-huh. and I think they that's why they've been so loyal to Marilyn all the time, but she was beautiful, just as you said before. She had a sort of glow about her, a natural glow. Beautiful, absolutely. And of course, at nineteen, I just was totally Gaga. But (laughs) (laughs) luminescent. She was so sweet to me. You know, I just fell in love with her even more. So, that was my experience with Marilyn. And
2: oh, you're so lucky. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well,
1: I, I. Thank you for for uh, sharing that with uh, with Dr. Bond, and uh, oh, yes. I I didn't mean to interrupt. I know you have a couple of other questions here at the beginning of the show too. Yeah,
3: well, I do. Yeah, I, I have a, a question about
1: how did you go about researching
3: Marilyn's life? What was the process? I
2: uh, two reasons. I um, I read over a hundred books. I read mm. absolutely everything that was available at the time and including hundreds of articles, until I felt I knew her very well. But uh, I never met her, but my husband was a well-known character actor, uh, Rudy Bond, and he was in the studio together with her. And he told me something interesting, which I used in my book. Uh, Betty Jo, you probably remember it. Mm
0: -hmm. He said
2: that when you saw her, she looked like a, a drab little creature, maybe somebody's nanny or worked for somebody. But when she lit up, she became luminescent, and she looked like a different person. And apparently, that's that's the Marilyn you knew.
3: Yes, that's the Marilyn I met. <laughs> Absolutely. But she could turn her. She could turn on. She could be Marilyn. Marilyn was a great character. I think she invented. You think she was a character? <laughs> I, I think it's a character that she invented that she played. Yeah, I do. Because she was quiet and mousy eh, normally.
2: And you don't have to think that she just was when she was acting? You don't agree with me or what?
3: Well, I don't know. I guess we we can all look at her in a different way, but um, she was certainly luminescent <laughs> when I met
1: her. Uh-huh. Well, that's when in your book, uh, Doctor Bond, that was impressive. When when the doctor, the the psychoanalyst that that uh, you write about in the in the book, who's uh, listening and trying to help Marilyn, and the first visit that Marilyn makes in your book, the first visit that Marilyn makes to the to the doctor's office, your secretary comes in and, and tells about a mousy woman waiting out in the in the waiting room. <laughs> And, uh, uh-huh. you know, non-assuming and all of that, and uh, and that was sort of your kind of first uh, impression of her. Am I right about that?
2: Yeah. Well, I got that from my husband, uh, from what really happened with him and her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. To... And then yeah. she turns into something, yeah, then she turns into this luminescent uh, creature that we all fell, uh, fell in love with, and uh, the... The camera, oh my gosh, the fa- the camera just absolutely loved her, and I was interested in uh, in your book. It came through kind of loud and clear that the the camera loved she loved the camera as much as the camera loved loved her. Yeah,
2: it was a, a love affair between her and the camera. She said that was her only true lover.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never let her down.
3: <laughs> well, I I, I can attest to that because when we were on the beach uh, on a set of Some Like It Hot, uh, I asked her if she would pose for some photos for me, and she said, Oh, yes, of course, Jimmy. She called me Jimmy. I thought mm-hmm. that was Jimmy. <laughs> and she just became Marilyn. I mean, she became more of Marilyn when the camera came yes. out and I took pictures of her. And uh, it was just a totally... She, she came alive with the camera around. Absolutely. It's well
2: put that she became more of Marilyn. And I think she did in her acting also.
3: Yes. Yeah. She was wonderful. I think
2: it's too bad that the world has been cheated of uh, what she would have developed into.
3: I always wondered what she would have become in her older years. Well, I have some ideas on that. (laughs) Oh, well, what are they?
2: (laughs) Uh, I think she would have remarried Joe DiMaggio.
3: You think so? Uh, I think
2: they were the true loves of each other's lives.
3: I think you're right there. Mm
2: -hmm. you, You know that he beat her up, which is why she divorced him, but he pleaded on bending knee with her to not leave him, that he would never do it again, but she wouldn't. But I think she should have because I, I think he loved her dearly. He was her be- best friend at the end of her life. And I think if she had remarried him, it would have stabilized her. It would have given her something that she never had her whole life,
1: a real home with someone who loved her.
3: Yes, yes, that's what she always wanted.
1: Well, yeah. they were only married for, uh, they weren't even married for um, a full year,
3: no, not I, even a
1: year, no,
2: not quite. I think it was a terrible mistake for her to divorce him. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if any of you have ever seen a picture of her sister, her half-sister.
3: Yes, Bernice. Bernice. Uh, yeah.
2: Miracle? Yeah, Bernice. Well, yeah. she and Marilyn look very much alike. And, you know, at a, she's, I think, 87 now, and she's still gorgeous. And I certainly believe oh. that Marilyn would have been also.
3: Yes. Maybe even oh. more so.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, there are a few photos of Marilyn's mother, and she looks very much like her mother.
2: Yes, and she re- retained her beauty till the end of her life.
3: Yes, yeah, she was a, quite a beautiful woman. Yes. Yeah. In well, fact, it was so was much
1: fun psychotic. reading about uh, Marilyn uh, in your book about Marilyn uh, finally meeting that um, half half sister. And the way they, they uh, even looked at each other's feet and were so surprised that even their feet looked alike. <laughs> yeah,
2: they uh, checked um, uh, feature by feature, toe by toe, to <laughs> how they were alike and how they were different. It was very important for Marilyn because at last she had a, a sane, loving relative that she remained friends with till the end of her life.
1: It was, was very living? touching.
2: Yes, I think so too.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, very touching. Well, um, you mentioned also what would would Marilyn have have been like had she lived. Uh, the other thing, another thing that you mentioned in your book that I thought was interesting, Marilyn, was, uh, said that she was hoping that, uh, you know, that if that if, that if she uh, if she did live, she wanted to be um, a character actress like uh, in her old age, like Marie Dressler. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: <Can> you imagine?
1: <laughs> I, I don't think heard. she would
3: have ended up looking like Marie Dressler.
1: But no, no. <laughs> but she, she wanted to be, gorgeous you know, if
2: she lived to be over 100.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um of course this is a movie addict headquarters, so we must move into the <laughs> her, her performances and um you, you did such a great job in your book of uh, having Marilyn talk about the various films and how she felt about them and, and her performances. And so uh, I know James and I are wondering if you have any favorite Marilyn Monroe films or performances and, and why you would pick the ones if you do.
2: Well, I uh, prefer Bus Stop.
0: Ah. I think she's yes, almost
2: yeah. Marilyn and I think the character she played was most like her and uh, it was a little deeper and uh, more in a way of a tragedy than, than her other films she was a great comedian but she also was a great dramatic actress and uh, as I indicated didn't have enough time to really show that part of herself to the world so that's why I like the bus, bus stop, I think it's more it has a touch in it of what she could have become.
1: Oh, yes. And I, I just can't forget her singing that old black magic. <laughs>
2: oh, I love her voice. I, 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 that's another thing I did in writing the book. I listened to her uh, recordings over and over again. I thought that, that she, in her singing, was also very real. And very
1: lovely. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I, don't you, James? I mean, um, I, a lot of yeah. people may uh, have criticized uh, her uh, her singing, but it did seem so real. And when she was doing tongue in cheek, you knew that too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought. A brilliant a bust up was, Yeah, comedian. brilliant. She was
3: brilliant in uh, yes. bust-up, yes. because she was both tragic and funny at the same time. Yes. That's very different. Kind of like a Charlie right? Chaplin, female yeah, yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Very Champlain. different.
1: She certainly was not uh, very enamored of her le- leading man in that. That was a revelation to me in reading. In reading yeah, George. me
2: too. They
3: they uh, worked so well together. John Murray.
2: She often
1: wasn't. She wasn't
2: enamored of Laurence Olivier either.
3: No, no, not at all. That's, That's true. true.
2: That's true. Well, they found it hard to work with her because they were much more stylized, especially in exactly. Olivier, the British school of thought. But after the movie came out, he said that she was the best one in it, better than he was, which I think was very big of him.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes it was. I c- couldn't deny it. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. She did outshine him in that in that movie. Um yeah, she did. There was there was
2: you couldn't on the screen you couldn't look at anyone else.
3: No no you can't you no. In any of her films. Right. Well, yes, I agree with you. It.
1: Well, Doctor Bond, did you see the, the Marilyn? My week wasn't it? My weekend with Marilyn that was yes. a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that you told about her going to the uh, going over to England and and uh, filming the the Prince and the Showgirl. Did that uh, did, did that come out before your book? Or um, I can't remember the time on that. What is the the publishing date of your book on the couch with Marilyn Monroe? Uh, Two o thirteen. Okay, so that that's a new a new one. So you did you see the movie uh, My Weekend with Marilyn while you were yes, writing I the did, book? Yes, I did. I
2: liked it a lot, uh, but I, I think it must have come out after my book because I don't think I'm I didn't mention it in my book. I probably would have.
1: No, I I didn't remember remember that. But but some of the things that Marilyn talked about uh to the psychiatrist in the book uh, were uh very close to what that that particular movie portrayed didn't didn't you feel that way I, I think that the the
2: picture that um pretty much portrayed her as i saw her yes
1: yeah i i i thought it of course i i don't i have a hard time um believing any anybody who's portraying Marilyn even as good as an actress as um Michelle Williams was and I, it just still there's something missing you know if you don't have the real Marilyn
2: Absolutely
1: <laughs> they're I not like to
2: see them, they're never Marilyn
1: <laughs> No never
3: they're never nobody can recreate Marilyn she was one of right. a time. They can she do
2: is impersona- impersonations she is but that after her death that we're still talking this way about her
1: Exactly Well, James, do you have a favorite uh, Marilyn Monroe film or performance that you'd like to share with us? Well, uh, Marilyn went through several
3: different phases in her career In in her early career, you'll notice the the use of her voice as a little baby doll voice and, and breathy and whispery And then as the years went on, she changed that And she didn't speak that way in her later movies uh, but one of her earlier movies that I absolutely adore is Gentlemen Prefer Blondes because she plays a completely dizzy blonde in this one. And, of course, she wasn't that way, but she was perfect in the movie and funny and hilarious and absolutely gorgeous with Jane Russell.
0: Mm.
3: So that that movie of her early movies is my favorite.
1: That was a lot of fun and uh and we find out a lot of inside Hollywood information in uh, in, in your book, Doctor Bond, about gentlemen prefer for blondes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the the uh, relationship between Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell off screen. Oh,
2: uh, Jane Russell was a wonderful friend to Marilyn. Uh, she, you know Marilyn because she was so terrified. Uh, was very late to show for rehearsals. And she explained this to Jane Russell, who used to come for her at her bungalow and take her to the set, so that with Jane she wasn't afraid to be on time to to go into work. I think probably Jane Russell was the best friend she ever had. They really loved each other and they kept up a relationship for a long time. They were both married, as it was, um, Marilyn to DiMaggio, of course, and uh, Jane to that football player, I forget.
3: Bob so they
2: would all go out to dinner and the two women would sit and talk and the two men would sit and talk. <laughs> but uh, I think um, when the relationship a little bit got more distant that... Um, Marilyn was never really able to replace her.
1: That's true. And they were, uh, it was a surprise to me that there was no jealousy between the two of them. No, they they, uh,
2: they, uh, supported each other very much.
1: And of course it was a musical. Yeah, it was a musical, so I loved it, because I'm the world's most avid movie musical fan. And um, she was, they they were both great in it, but again, I think Marilyn sort of stole the, uh, the show there. And oh, I my, think so, too. Yeah, my favorite, I have to tell you my favorite uh, Marilyn Monroe film, which I don't think anybody else picks, but whenever it comes on television, I watch it. And uh, to me, it just gets better and better. And it's called "Let's Make Love," and she played um, opposite Yves Montan, the French actor, yes. yeah. uh-huh. and again, a musical, a lot of neat, you know, really clever musical- no, uh, numbers, and it was a romantic comedy. And um, I just thought it was delightful, but I found you know, out your in your... that
2: that was very real, that they really yes. had a hot, passionate affair, and he broke her heart, actually. She thought he was going to leave the, his wife, uh, was it Simone? Simone T. But yeah. apparently he regularly fell in love with his leading ladies, and as soon as the uh, movie was over, he went back to his wife. And he really broke Marilyn's heart. A lot I of men know. broke Marilyn's
1: heart. Yes, most of them did. Most of them did, but, she, but that chemistry between, uh, I think that's the best uh, chemistry. Um, yeah, it comes across. she had with, lady. yeah, I I think that was that she was just great, and, and of course, I, I'm uh, I'm disappointed, James, that you didn't say that, that Some Like It Hot was a favorite of yours. Oh, that oh it is. I, it is absolutely. It's the funniest movie ever made, <laughs> and she was so good, so good as Sugar Kane. And Dr. Bond, you had something in your book that um, when I read it, I just go, what? Now this can't be right because you had a section where um, you asked, where the the, the psych, psychiatrist asked Marilyn Monroe about, uh, you know, uh, how she felt about Tony Curtis, and um, she yeah. was not happy with Tony Curtis because what uh, Tony Curtis uh, uh, tell our listeners what what she says Tony Curtis said what it was like to kiss Marilyn Monroe like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Like she see never it. got over that, and so the reason I I said what this can't be true because now James knows what I'm talking about here because we had Tony Curtis uh, as a guest on Movie Attic Headquarters. I think we might have been his last interview that he gave before passing. And James, do you remember how much he he gushed over Marilyn Monroe on our show? The- I think he oh, was full he of baloney. No, I, I, I really <laughs> yeah, he I think he was
3: full of baloney because they did not get along, and it's absolutely true. He did say kissing Marilyn is like kissing Hitler,
1: for and it was a, it was
3: a mean, nasty thing for him to say because it, it did affect Marilyn at the time. So when we talked to him, I I just think he was glossing over the whole thing. But, but she was <laughs> well,
1: I didn't. Very, I, I was very not.
3: sensitive, and
2: it hurt her deeply.
1: I'm sure it did. Well, I, yes. I didn't, uh, you know, I I, I believed uh, that that Tony Curtis really really liked her after he's after he was interviewed on our show. So now now I have the real <laughs> scoop after reading Marilyn Monroe on the couch. <laughs> so I do I found out <laughs> I found out the truth finally about that. I also thought that um Marilyn Monroe was absolutely fantastic in uh Niagara mm-hmm. And, of course, that was a oh, thriller, yeah. and I'm so next gorgeous. to movie musicals. I love thrillers, and I thought she was marvelous in that. So what um, what was a, was special to her in, in Niagara, Dr. Bond? I think
2: she was able to uh, get inside herself and feel what it was like to be a murderer. I think that uh, she was not afraid to... As I said before, she was open to her unconscious, and she knew things about it. She knew, uh, I think it was Stanislavski who said that if you have to kill somebody, imagine what it was like killing a fly. Well, she didn't need to do that. She knew what it would be like to want to kill somebody.
1: Mm. Yeah, and 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 she was uh, she was so believable in that part, you know. And after seeing her in you know so much fluff before that, you know, you just, I I just became very very uh, enamored of of her acting when yes. when I compared imagine that. Yeah, imagine
2: playing with that part and playing. Uh, she played the murderer, and I forget the name of that, what was that movie. Don't bother to know. the babysitter.
3: Yeah, don't, don't bother
2: to uh, How she p- had this baby infant voice that she found all different aspects of herself, and she brought, I think, a different one to each movie. You know, uh, when we were talking about the movies we liked, you know what movie I like of, I love of hers, is The Seven Year Itch. Oh, think, that's
3: yes. wonderful. Yes, that's wonderful. I think in mm-hmm. that
2: she was very close to. Marilyn in one aspect of herself, and I think seeing that picture, you see Marilyn as she was, as I said, in one part of herself. I love that one. That's another favorite of mine.
3: That's, that's very funny, very funny. I, I would like to bring up back uh, to Niagara. We mustn't mm-hmm. forget, not only was she a great actress in that, but uh, that movie made her famous because of the long rear shot of her walking away from the camera. Yes. In which her hips were totally unhinged. <laughs> and she caused such a sensation that that's what everybody talked about.
2: Right. Oh, and I remember. You, you yeah. remember what Arthur Miller said about that? No. He said that he followed her on the beach in her footsteps, and he thought it was perfectly natural from following her, that this is really how she walked. It was not put on.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Within the high, yeah, and the heels and all, walking through the sand. So, yeah, thank you for, for bringing that up. But but uh, the seven-year itch, though, resulted in that famous stir of her white dress blowing right. up. And that caused, uh, that may have been one of the things that caused the divorce between Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. That was
2: Monroe. the thing. He, he took her home. And he beat her up for exposing herself. Uh, she said, the, the, I was only acting a part. He said, well, don't act. He he wanted her to uh, retire. He didn't want her to act. And, you know, it would have been a great loss to the world, but I think he had a point. I think that it was too hard for her The terror that she had to go through and the beatings that she had to take from the press. And I think it contributed to her uh, killing herself, actually.
0: Mm. Uh So I I think he may have had a
2: point that uh, if she'd been able to give it up and and be his beloved wife and friend, she just might have been able to live longer because her sister, uh, Bernice, was very happily married. I don't know whether he's still alive, but she lived very happily all her life with her husband. And I mm-hmm. couldn't help but wonder if the same wouldn't have been true for Marilyn if she had a good marriage.
1: Yeah, I wondered the same thing, and especially uh, while I was reading your book. And What were her most... Um, you're you're a psychoanalyst yourself, and uh, of course the, the important character in your book is the uh, the psychiatrist Dr. Darcy, right? Did I remember the name correctly?
2: Darcy. And, oh, yes.
1: And um but what do you think after doing all this research were Marilyn Monroe's most serious problems? I realize now after reading your book that she had she lived in so many different foster homes and had a had a childhood that just was a perfect nightmare. But so what were her most serious emotional problems?
2: had no foundation she had no security she truly brought herself up and she was badly abused sexually abused by uh Mm -hmm. many of the foster fathers she lived with and um i questioned myself how many people could have come out of a situation like that with a a psychotic mother, no father that she knew of, and have done any better?
1: Yeah. It was it was just a deplorable, and um, I saw her uh, in your book as just being someone who couldn't deal with uh, criticism or rejection. Uh huh. Because and, you know most rejected.
2: most of us I can do. <clears throat> Yeah. And twelve Foster families too. By the way, she she I'm was sorry, afraid to I've... open her mouth even when she was sexually abused, because <clears throat> she was afraid that if she told the Foster mother mother what happened, they would throw her out of the house and blame her, not not the father. So she lived in terror all her life of being rejected.
1: Yes, it it just it's very 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 sad and and. Um, did her? In what way do you think that uh, she did seek psychoanalysis? What do you think that the psychoanalysis helped her with with her problems? I don't like
2: what I heard about her psycho her uh, psychoanalysis with what was his name Greenspan.
1: Greenspan. I think mm-hmm. that
2: he overstepped the boundaries of psychoanalysis. And he took her into his family, and he treated her as a member of the family. Well, that's very nice and loving, but that's not what she needed. She needed somebody who could stand off and um, see her as she really help her, see herself as she really was. It, it's not possible to uh, fill in at a later stage what you didn't have. I mean What she needed was insight. And I, mm-hmm. I don't. I guess I think that the analysis in the book was what she needed.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, I thought but this is if anything can help her, this this can help her. Um, I was delighted to find uh, out through your book uh, that Marilyn Monroe had uh, quite an interesting sense of humor, and, and that she's she wrote funny. Yes, and that she wrote poetry uh, even to her analyst uh, in the book. And in the book, she calls her analyst a uh, shrinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was, How do you like the poetry?
2: She, I had the greatest time, you know, I wrote it all, of course. Yeah. Like one of them was, um, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home, except like Marilyn, you live in it alone.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, so each letter yeah. to the shrink, end quote, included this little poem she wrote about her life and what was going on with her.
1: Oh yes, and and it it was just so that part of the book was just uh, so so interesting to read and and so uh, uh, creative. Well, um, this probably is the most important question of all. Why do you think Marilyn Monroe became such an iconic movie star? I think she was way ahead of her time. Ah,
2: I think she changed the course of history. I think she. Led to the helped lead to the sexual revolution of the sixties. I think she was uh, a method actress who uh, brought a new kind help. She and Marlon Brando brought a new kind of acting to the theater world, and um, I think she was a great woman, and I think that people recognize this and. They know that there's something about her that they cannot find in any other person. At least that's my feeling. I see things in her that I see in no one else.
0: Uh, I, mean, yes, I agree
2: yes. for her loss, too. You probably both do also.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you agree with that, uh, James, uh, uh, the reason why Marilyn Monroe has, uh, she's still pop- is popular to date? as she was uh, back in the 60s oh absolutely she had to have something
3: different to last from those days until now and uh you know you you can count them on one hand people who in in films who have have been able to do that and it's only a few just marilyn and a couple of others
2: She also was a great businesswoman, as you probably know, but she was the first woman to own her first production company.
3: Yes, she She did. She didn't take
2: anything from anybody. She didn't like how they treated her. Too bad. She went off and started her own company in which she made the last few very great movies.
1: She was not
3: a stupid woman.
1: No. 169 IQ, I think, something like that. Yes,
2: she was a genius.
1: She was really great. uh, Really, much more intelligent than than people gave her uh, credit for. I can't believe we have we have we only have a few minutes left. I mean, the time has gone by so quickly, and I I wanted to quickly mention that um, one of our loyal listeners is in the chat room, Nancy Lombardo, who is the host, the hilarious host of the very funny. Comedy Concepts radio show here on Blog Talk Radio, and um, uh, dear listeners, please check out Nancy's show. It's on uh, every Friday and Monday uh, morning at ten thirty Eastern Time. She has uh, uh, skits that are that are uh, so so amusing, so humorous. She has uh, interesting guests. Um, she has quite the funny banter with her chatters, and um, it's just a, a very, very entertaining show. So I encourage our listeners to uh, to listen to Nancy Lombardo and uh, Comedy Concepts. And I just want to say to you, Dr. Bond, <laughs> that you have written a book that should be a must-read for every Marilyn Monroe fan so tell everybody again where they can uh, get a copy of your book
2: they can get it on my website which is almabondauthor.com almabondauthor.com and at, com, at com. and uh, I hope, I hope uh, everybody will want to read it and I also want to say that I'd be happy to hear from anyone who'd like to to give me their reaction to the book, that my um, email address is almahb at aol dot com, and please feel free to write me about how you feel about the book. I'd appreciate it.
1: Oh, that's uh, I think that's a wonderful idea, and I hope our listeners will take you will take you up on that. And I want to thank. Uh, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest today. It's been an honor having you with us, and, and um, uh, come back when you have another book about a movie star, which I hope you will do in the future. <laughs> but
2: but it's well, time Thank for... <laughs> you so much. You're wonderful to talk to, and I've thought so since our first interaction. <laughs>
1: Well, you, you just uh, really uh, have written a, a great book, and I want to make sure that as many people know about it as possible. But it is time to wrap things up now. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as one of their staff picks. And to Nikki Starr, who couldn't be here today, but she does so much to help make this show so much fun. And thanks to James for being an excellent co-host again, to Richard B. Smart for his technical assistance, and to our chatters and other listeners. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. That's all for now, folks. So here's Marilyn Monroe herself to close the show singing her heart out with a tune That's my favorite song that she sang in one of my favorite Marilyn Monroe movies, Some Like It Hot. And I think you know what this one is, Dr. Bond.
0: I'm through with love I'll never fall again Said adieu to love, don't ever call again, for I must have you on no one And so I'm through with love I've locked my heart, I'll keep my feelings there. I've stuck my heart with icy frigid air, and I mean to care for no one. Because I'm through with love Why did you lead me to think you could care You didn't need me, you had your share Of slaves around you to hound you and sweat With deep emotion, devotion to you Goodbye to spring and all it meant to me it can never bring the thing that used to be For I must have you on no one And so I'm through with love.